Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. The future of our planet depends on the forward thinkers among us. Green technology, the power of community, and the future of our planet are things we can change together. Visit HowStuffWorks.com and search Forward Thinking to join the movement. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Chuck Bryant. Chuck, are you falling asleep, buddy? Meditating. It's the morning. This is not our usual time to record, so I'm very curious to see just how much worse than usual this one turns right. out. Right, but it is Friday morning. Is it? You know me. I'm big on the Friday recording. It's Friday shorts day again. I know. Chuck looks like a straight-up summer babe. See my gams? As yeah. Gary called them. Got, <laughs> his legs look like milk bottles. Uh, is that a good thing? <laughs> They're pretty white. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you, I thought you, you meant good. the curvature. Um, no. Okay, the whiteness. Although, yeah, now that I look at it. Emily slathers me with sunblock, so I'm not allowed to be tan anymore. <laughs> do you have to wear like one of those big sun hats <laughs> when you go out? I do. My dad dresses like that. He dresses like he's afraid of SARS or something. He puts on a big old hat and a, a little <laughs> surgical mask when he mows really? the lawn. And stuff. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. He, he, he gets very androgynous when he's mowing the lawn. <laughs> okay. It's weird. Chuck, we got a package recently that I would like you to describe. Josh, this is, dare I say, one of the cooler promotional items I've ever seen from a company. Agreed. Agreed? Yeah. This is from our uh, parent company, Discovery, and what they did was they sent out uh, to promote their Shark Week, which, as everyone knows, is huge. It is. Have you ever seen the uh, shark on the building at, at Discovery HQ? And Describe it. Uh, well, it's a pretty standard-looking building normally, but uh-huh. around Shark Week time, they have a giant shark head coming on the building on one side and a giant shark tail coming out on the other and I suspect a giant shark fin coming out of the top. The and roof. on the sides. It looks awesome. It's pretty cool. Actually you can Google that if you're interested in looking at that. I think if you like look up Discovery Headquarters Shark Week and I'm sure you can find pictures. And Chuck and I know a little bit about sharks. We've uh, written tons of articles on them around Shark Week, haven't we? Many, many. Mm-hmm. And uh so what they sent out was it's a, it's a jar uh, uh, art directed to look like an old beat-up jar sure. that may have washed up on shore. Uh-huh. And inside, we were surprised to first find a pair of chewed-up beach shorts. Bloody. Blood-stained mm-hmm. beach shorts. And we've been warned that they were going to smell. They didn't, in fact, smell. Right. They yeah. did not. Smell uh, like death or gore. We got this cool giant shark tooth with a uh, on a little keychain. Yeah, we got another a little big old shark tooth. Too. Another little floaty keychain. Well, there's an obit in there. There's an, an obituary. There's an obituary typed as if it was from an uh, old newspaper mm-hmm. of Chief Martin Brody from Jaws. Sure. Fame. Yeah, and one of our uh, marketing people, Sam Adorno, uh, found that uh, her obit turned up in one of the marketing packages too. Right. Was, she oh, was really? scanning her own death notice on the date of her funeral. Interesting. Yeah. He's pretty lovely cool. and fetching, Sam Adorno. Sure. And uh, so, yeah, they sent out all the stuff, and basically it's they sent them to uh, just different companies and media outlets around the country. But they did it anonymously, right? It was that's, a, yeah, that's the trick, is yeah. you don't really know what it is. You just get this uh, suspicious package that I never would have opened had I not known where it was from, to be honest. Yeah. It would have frightened me. It is pretty cool. But, yeah, it is really cool. Good idea. But it, it directs you to go to frenziedwaters.com, right? Yeah, that's and a new site. pretty cool stuff on that, thanks in part to our own Mr. Chuck Bryant. Yes. Who helped come up with uh, some aspects of this marketing campaign, didn't you? 
I mean, yeah. what don't you do, Chuck? I do it all, dude. Yeah, you do. You wear many <laughs> hats, and each one is more fetching than the last. Yeah, I did the um, the fake diary thing from the Shark Attacks of 1916, and I'm really excited. It's it's an awesome, cool thing to work on. And our uh, our sisters in arms over at uh, uh, Stuff You Missed in History class, uh-huh. I think they just recorded one about... Right. Um, the shark attacks of 1916, which really happened. Yeah, it was a great story. I was a little jealous I got to do that one. But, um, Are you? Is that why fun. you haven't been talking to either of them? I know. I've, I've boycotted them. Yeah. Well, we happened to do something pretty cool recently. Yes. So back to us. <laughs> yeah. It's always about us. Um, and uh, that is that we swam with whale sharks. Among many uh, other types of fish and sharks mm-hmm. and skates and rays. Yeah, that manta ray was huge. We we swam with the manta ray that was at least the size of me or Chuck. Yeah, I mean, it looked, the wingspan had to be uh, six or eight feet mm-hmm. across. It was a big, big boy. Very cool. The the big attraction, this is at the Georgia Aquarium, the big attraction, though, is definitely the whale sharks, which yeah. were, I think, 16 to, I think, 20 feet was the, the female was 20 feet. Yeah, and you know what? It was a noticeable difference when that female came by. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, the coolest thing I've big. ever had the opportunity to do. Yeah. So let's let's talk about yes. whale sharks. We'll talk about swimming with them a little more in a little more detail. But right. Chuck, tell me about whale sharks. And this is based on an article on HowStuffWorks.com that you wrote. Indeed. You are the whale shark expert. Well, you spank me whenever we get into whale shark trivia. <laughs> right. I stalk off crying, which is all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's talk about the whale shark. Uh, everyone knows that it is the largest fish in the sea. I didn't know that. Which also makes it the largest shark mm-hmm. in the sea. Yeah. And uh, some of these can reportedly grow to over 60 feet, dude. Which is like 20 feet longer than a full-size school bus. Yeah. Can you imagine seeing one, the largest one we saw the other day, can you imagine one three times its size? Yeah, no. I can't either. No, I mean, it's just mammoth. One we, of the other things that I noticed when we were swimming with them that I just found amazing, you remember the the one right before we got out of the uh, tank? Yes. It, it, the, I think it was the female. She was swimming right toward me and then dipped right below me. Really? And came within centimeters yeah. of touching me. But at no point did she touch me. So they apparently have some uh, really great sense of kinetics. Yeah. Knowing exactly where every part of their body is in relation to other things right because I, I don't understand how it didn't brush against me yeah we a couple of times we had him swim kind of right under us uh we were we didn't do a scuba dive just so people know we were up up top but with a scuba tank and mask mm-hmm. and uh they would they swam right under us and i'd turn around to look and i would see that big tail coming at me the big dorsal fin and i just knew it was going to smack me on the way by but it just it never did went right on by so they're huge and they do appear kind of lumbering but really they're super graceful. I agree. Yeah, they're very cool, and they're cool looking too. And there were hammerheads in there too. There were. I was a little nervous. The hammerheads yeah. were kind of eyeing us. Yeah, they kind of stayed down low though, which is good. But it, it turned out to be the grouper who was the big threat, right? Yeah, the grouper was cool looking because it was. Uh, I mean, a grouper just looks like fish. If you look up fish, it just looks like a fish, like you would see in a little small tank. Sure. But it was three hundred pounds. It yeah. looked like some. Land of the Lost Giant Fish. Yeah, and it was uh, undergoing a sexual transformation, like Hedwig in the Angry Inch. Right. <laughs> um, it, apparently, when they turn about 25 or so, uh-huh. they they go all hermaphrodite and yep. um, change sex, and apparently, it's not a pleasant process. So we had a grumpy grouper in there who was in a tank with different kinds of sharks, rays. It was actually the biggest threat to us yeah. in that tank. Hard to believe. Yeah. They said it's the jaw could uh, break your arm. If it bit down. 300 pounds of anything can break your arm. So, back to the whale shark. Um, 
the whale shark lives in uh, warm uh, ocean waters, pretty much everywhere where it's warm. Except, except the Mediterranean. Exactly, which yeah. I thought was a little odd. It is a little odd. I'd want to hang out in the Mediterranean if I was a whale shark. And they're starting to migrate in, in new and surprising places. Like they, they um, Anytime they pop up, I was reading an article, they popped up um, off the coast of Mississippi. Yeah. Louisiana, actually, I'm sorry. Um, and some guy who spotted them was a commercial fisherman. Really? And they were hanging around, uh, and within like several hours or a day, his commercial fishing vessel was suddenly a research vessel. So all these scientists flew down and chartered his boat and went out there. He took them out there to, to study them. Oh, cool. Because we know so little about them, right? Yeah, for the most part. They're starting to learn, though, since we've been able to uh, keep them in captivity, they're learning a lot more. Yeah. As Chris Coco, our... our Host and shark expert at the aquarium. Yeah, and Chuck and I aren't um, immune to the uh, arguments about zoology and, and keeping animals in captivity or Agreed. the whole concept of a zoo. Um, you know, I definitely see both sides of the argument. I do too. It's I know a tough you situation. do too. But Chris Coco was able to produce um, some evidence that this exhibit at the Georgia Aquarium. And I think they're the only whale sharks in the Western Hemisphere in captivity, right? Yeah, you can find them in uh, Japan and then 15 minutes down the road from where we are. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Right. So Chris said that um, they had gotten their whale sharks from Taiwan, uh-huh. uh, which is like the whale shark fishing capital of the world. Sadly. I think they consume the most whale shark meat of any uh, country in the world as well. Yeah. Um, but since that exhibit opened... Uh, and they formed a relationship with Taiwan. Taiwan's kill quota went from, I think, a couple hundred a year mm-hmm. for each individual yeah. to zero. Yeah. And one of the reasons why is um, they were able to show that if you if you allow a whale shark to live, if you kill a whale shark, in Taiwan I read that uh, fishermen would get about 10 kilograms a pound or 10 cents a kilogram. <laughs> That was an odd conversion. <laughs> yeah, was. Ten cents a kilogram for whale shark meat, which is kind of substantial, but uh-huh. really not so much. No, not really. In India, they get something like four thousand dollars a whale shark. Uh huh. Um, a lot of money. It India. is, but that's it. That's all you made off of that whale shark, D- regardless of the size. Right. Okay. But at the same time, you've killed it. You can only make money off of it at sale once. Right. Thanks to the burgeoning, um, I guess, uh, sector of ecotourism. Uh huh. People are starting to figure out that you can make money over and over and over again off of a single whale shark right. through ecotourism. True. Right? Yeah. Because, you know, we, what we did when we swam at the Georgia Aquarium, anybody can do for like, I think, 250 bucks or whatever. 225 for a swim. And, and then think, 350 yeah, for, for a dive. full scuba diving. Yeah. Um, and Georgia Aquarium is not the only place to do it. I mean, you can do it out in the wild, yeah. And people are realizing that you can make a ton of money off of it. I think uh, the Australia Conservation Union estimated that the value, the annual value of each whale shark, is somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, 182 or 282 thousand dollars. Really? And we're talking, you know, some of the economies where whale sharks hang out are not the richest in the world, right? So, you know, they can generate serious income if these these local economies can figure out how to really most efficiently shift from whale shark fishing to ecotourism. Right. And finning. Which is gross. Yeah, shark finning. For those of you who don't know, shark fin soup is a delicacy in certain parts of the world. And shark finning literally means you pull the shark up on your boat, sometimes not even. Sometimes they do it from the water, dude. Mm-hmm. And cut the fins off, 
and throw it back in the water or just keep it in the water where the shark dies. Right. And that's it. That's the only part they use is the fin. Well, they bleed to death. Yeah, it's awful. And they also, uh, without their, their fin, they lose any um, way of navigation. Right. So they're just kind of drifting about and bleeding to death. It's not a, not a nice death. No. And uh, we should also say, too, that um, the whale shark doesn't reach uh, a reproductive age until they think about 25 or 30 years. Mm-hmm. So the problem is, like a lot of animals who have a late uh, reproductive cycle, you kill them before that time, and what's going to happen? They're not going to have shark pups. Right. It has a huge, huge impact on on um, the species. Big time, because they have up to like two and three hundred pups at a time. Mm-hmm. So you're sh- every shark you kill before that age, you're shorting two or three hundred potential sharks. Right. And and its biggest predator, obviously, is the human. Yeah, absolutely. It's the biggest fish in the sea. There's not a lot of comers to take on, you know, a whale shark. Which is funny because they're so peaceful and gentle. They really are. Um, and the, their diet is actually really, really light. Yeah, let's talk about that. That's cool. Okay, so they are um, filter feeders, right? Uh-huh. Uh, so they generally just eat plankton, which is really tiny, nearly microscopic um, plant and animal life, right. which is kind of is suspended in the ocean. Right. They're also surface dwellers, which right. is where the plankton is. Yeah, and krill, too, which are like teeny little shrimps. Uh-huh, and actual little shrimp as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in captivity, they also love dog food, it looked like. You remember those little brown cubes of nastiness they were feeding them? Yeah, that was uh, a gelatin uh, mixture that they made there mm-hmm. at the aquarium. But for their size, you know, they, they actually don't eat a lot Right. At once, but they eat constantly out in the wild, right? Yep, that's all they do. So they're they're drifting along with their mouth open pretty much, and mm-hmm. the uh, plankton goes in. Right, like a little vacuum. Uh-huh. And then uh, whatever can't get out of the gills gets mm-hmm. stuck there. And what do they do, Chuck? Well, they the gills act as like a like a strainer. Uh-huh. So the water goes out, and then they're, the algae and the krill and everything are in the mouth, and that's right. it. Right, don't they cough? And they cough it up, like they hock up a bunch of plankton. Oh yeah, if they if it's too big, if it, I think two centimeters, anything over two centimeters, they'll hack back up, right, and spit out. And I did ask actually, ask Chris at the aquarium, like when you're feeding these guys, do they do one of these other fish? Because the other fish kind of hang out to try and get little leftovers. Yeah, remember? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, do you ever see one of the bigger fish accidentally get sucked in this huge mouth? And he said, yeah, that's happened a couple of times, and they. Pretty much cough it back out really quickly. Yeah, and yeah. The fish he said that the, swims out of there. The fish has expelled it about twice the speed it was originally going <laughs> yeah, was, in. Yeah, I really wanted to see that happen. I did actually. too. Yeah, because uh, you know fish make funny faces when they're scared. They do. So uh, <laughs> we have figured out some stuff about whale sharks um, just from the the few studies that have been able to be conducted. Uh, I, I read an estimate, Chuck, that there was like five hundred thousand, an estimated five hundred thousand in the wild. Really, which is. Really, really low. Yeah. Um, especially considering that millions of sharks are killed each year recreationally. Millions, dude. Millions. It's hard I, to the, believe. The highest estimate I saw was 100 million. The the, the median, I think, was about 30 million. God, that's sad. But yeah, if there's 500,000 of you and people are indiscriminately killing sharks, then you're in trouble. Yeah. Well, they're listed as vulnerable at, by the uh, World Conservation Union. Mm-hmm. So that's no good. But what we have figured out. Um, for a long time, they thought that uh, whale sharks actually laid eggs, right? Yeah. Which is not the case. No, they have pups. They do. Um, I think in 1995, a female whale shark was killed, and they cut her open and uh, found 300 whale shark pups in yeah. her belly. 16 to 24 inches. I bet that is one of the cutest things you've ever seen. Dead whale shark pups? No, well, it's... <laughs> 
That's funny. Yeah, I forgot the fact, the fact that they were dead. That sounded pretty insensitive. I would just say like a two-foot whale shark pup would be really cute, alive. I'm sure, because they're pretty cute at 20 feet. They are. Yeah. Uh, they, they have um, Their mouths are at the front of their face. Right, not which, under which their... Which is unusual for yeah. a shark, yeah. They're usually under. And it's just this big, wide, narrow, gaping maw. Yeah, a big square head, really. Yeah. And their eyes are real tiny and kind mm-hmm. of on the side, and they just, they're cute. They're big. You just want to cuddle with them. I know. I really wanted to touch one and kind of give it a hug, but they said... Uh, and we'll actually talk about this when you're swimming with uh, fish in the wild. It's called a soft encounter. Yeah. So basically, you want to be a uh, you want to watch. You don't want to be a participant. They no. Say. Anytime they got near us, we had to like lay flat and right. still, right. and just let them pass by and let them check us out. Uh huh. Pretty cool. Yeah. But there, whale sharks aren't the only things that you can have a soft encounter with, right? We can have a soft encounter with you, big boy. It would be a super soft <laughs> encounter. But even our producer, Jerry, got in on that one. Yes. He couldn't uh, resist. You can also swim with humpback whales. That's pretty popular. Um, in the Dominican Republic and the South Pacific island of Tonga, you can swim with humpback whales. Uh-huh. Another docile creature. And, Chuck, actually, there's a there's a place in the Philippines that has become kind of a hot spot for um, soft encounters, soft in-water encounters. Right. right. I don't know why soft encounter cracks me up so much. It it is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, and that's a Donsol Philippines. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. They were really the kind of the first to get on board with the soft encounter ecotourism right thing. Right. Um, and they've kind of provided a model for everybody else. Yeah. Absolutely. You know another uh, creature that people like swimming with, but it doesn't usually work out. Dolphins. People love dolphins. Well, yeah, you said in another article that you wrote, um, what was the name of it? What sea creatures can you swim with? Yeah, that the, you would think that, you know, you just hang on to the dolphin's fin and go for a ride, and maybe it would let you, but yeah. all of a sudden you'd find that you were going really fast, and if the dolphin wanted to, it'd dive really deep, Yeah, and you would be in some serious trouble. Yeah, dolphins are fun, but there's no way you're going to do the, the flipper thing and hang on and take a little ride. Plus, also, they're deadly, deadly creatures, are and they? they hate humans. Dolphins? Sure. No, I thought they liked people. You're joshing. <laughs> They're all about the soft encounter. Um, there is another side of the coin here. You can also swim with sea lions, by the way, and stingrays uh, and seals here and there. Like in the UK, you can swim with seals. But there is another side to this, which uh, a lot of uh, wildlife experts kind of decry this whole practice. And they say, you shouldn't be able to do this at SeaWorld. You shouldn't do this in the wild because... When you swim with sharks, like um, the small reef sharks and things, they'll chum the water. They say that disrupts their feeding cycle. And just being humans being around them basically says disrupts their whole uh, underwater system they got going there. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, think about it. We're, we're all pretty much lousy with swine flu these days. You don't need to bring that into yeah. their environment. It's terrible. So there are two sides to the coin. I mean, it's good for a lot of these places. It's a big part of their uh, their income as a country. You know, a lot of these places are poorer. You know, they're not like uh, swimming off the coast of uh, Ibiza or anything like that. No. Like Philippines, not necessarily the wealthiest country in the world. Yeah, so they could use the money. Um, where do you fall? What do you think? Oh, of, of ecotourism versus the butchering of sharks? Well, no, no, no. I mean, I mean, just period. Like, should they be completely left alone or should this stuff be allowed? I'm curious. Because I still don't know what to think. I think you can learn a lot. But 
who who knows if there's any damage being done. Well, yeah. Also, the other problem is you posted about um, the French tourism board asking Parisians to smile at the tourist swine right. recently, right? I mean, there are a lot of yokels out there who would love to just maybe get in a slap fight with a seal or something like that, right? Um, so there's always that danger. But again, I think if it's the if it's the choice between Making money, you have to make money. Humans have to make money. Yeah. And if you're a coastal economy, you're going to make money off of the sea. Right. So you're going to make money off of the sea through conservation that ecotourism can provide, or you're going to do it by catching and killing whale sharks for their fins. Right. That's clearly the choice is obvious. True. And there's, but there's also more sustainable ways that you can carry out ecotourism as well. And I think that since it's such a new and budding. Uh, economic sector, right? We don't really fully know how to do that yet, but I think it's good that that's the direction we're moving in. I agree. Yeah, that's that's my final judgment. What I want to do now is, uh, and I know I kept you because you were scuba certified. I apologize again. Don't I, worry about it. It's okay. I kept you from scuba diving because I could not scuba dive, and we both had to stay together. Uh, that's my next goal. I want to get down there because we got some of the we got the big the whale shark, and we got some of the smaller fish checking us out. But uh, I wanted to get down there with the sharks, the the hammerhead and the reef shark. What did you think about breathing underwater, though? How cool is that? Pretty cool. When you're actually completely submerged it's and you're breathing cool. underwater, it's it's the most amazing thing ever. Yeah, but it wore me out. We talked about that. It, I was exhausted we were that day. totally wiped yep, for the rest of the day. Completely wiped out. And it wasn't just the bacon cheeseburger and chicken fingers we each had for <laughs> lunch afterward. It was definitely the, the compressed air. Yeah. has an effect, but it's still a pretty cool hobby, albeit yeah. probably the most expensive one around, yeah. aside from maybe pri- private piloting. Yeah, I would say that's expensive, too. I got one more thing for the whale sharks for you. What, what you got? So uh, India is a huge um, whale shark fishing capital. Okay. And uh, there was a holy man named um, Murari Bapu, who a couple of years back uh, was visiting Veravel, India, which is a coastal town. Mm-hmm. And um, he waded out into the water and saw a whale shark caught in a net. And he blessed it and said that he would like to see this whale shark freed and left alone. And this really uh, bustling whale shark capital suddenly, it, whale shark fishing dropped off. Really? Completely. And the, the local government had been trying to prevent whale shark fishing for years uh-huh. to no avail. This guy goes out there, blesses a whale shark, and all of a sudden they don't whale shark out there anymore. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So maybe we could get Al Gore in a robe or something and... Yeah, or you just get this guy. Too. Yeah, I, I don't know how much credit he would get in, say, Louisiana. Right. But he's he's working his magic in India. Sportsman's paradise. So go, Bapu. Thank you. <laughs> Have a soft encounter with him. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for whale sharks. And uh, we would like to go ahead and tell you to head on over to uh, frenziedwaters.com. That has Mr. Chuck Bryant and some of our other staffers from HowStuffWorks.com's work. Um, on that site. You can also check out sharkweek.com for a bunch of stuff on the internet for Shark Week. And if you're too lazy to type, you can just watch Shark Week on Discovery Channel yeah, from exactly. August 2nd to 8th. Yeah. And watch Blood in the Water. That's the show they did about the uh, 1916 attacks in New Jersey. It's really cool. I watched it. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. good. And if you want to see the picture of Joshers and I with the whale sharks, I put one up in the blog. Yeah, what was the name of the post? I believe it was uh, Josh and Chuck swim with sharks. <laughs> Appropriately enough. Yes. I should have been Josh and Chuck have soft encounter, but 
that would have been uh, a different picture altogether. Yeah, you can find that. And actually, you can also find some really nice articles that Chuck Bryant wrote on sharks in general on HowStuffWorks.com. And Molly Edmonds, she wrote a lot of them. Sure, so did Toothman. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, you can find those on HowStuffWorks.com. And since I just said that word together, that means it's time for listener mail. Right. <laughs> Okay, Josh, I'm just going to call this one uh, Toxo Listener Mail. And I knew, dude, that when we did the toxoplasmosis, mm-hmm. that we would have one person that says, I've got it, and here's what it's like. Well, technically, 80% of the people who write in should say that they have it. Yeah, but this guy, like, all right, just let me read it to you. This is from uh, Josh. Oh, is this my life as a toxo fetus? Yeah. Okay. I uh, just listened to your Toxoplasmosis podcast and it blew my mind. Or maybe my mind was broken already since I was born with the parasite. My mother grew up on a farm that was lousy with barn cats and often had the duty of changing the household litter box. When she was pregnant and I was an early term fetus, her doctor told her that she had high levels of Toxoplasmosis and the test suggested that her baby, me, would likely have severe birth defects, including, I am not making this up, the failure to develop a head. Awesome. Obviously, such a fetus would be stillborn, and the doctor recommended that my mother consider her options, including an early-term abortion. My mom stuck it out until her first ultrasound, and a number of subsequent tests suggested that I did indeed have a head. (laughs) So, yeehaw. Uh, The doctor still warned of the possible mental handicaps, including uh, mental retardation, but my eventual birth and years of elementary school tests uh, proved him wrong once again. So, I suppose the takeaway from your listener is... If you're a pregnant woman with toxoplasmosis, toxoplasmosis don't give up hope because your baby just might pull through and have a head after all. <laughs> Listening to your podcast, I found that many of the associated behaviors uh, of toxoplasmosis hosts fit our situation. My mother is indeed warm and open-hearted, and I am kind of a stubborn and dogmatic jerk. <laughs> I don't have any fondness for cats. However, I wouldn't diag- diagnose myself as schizophrenic. The two of my other personalities would disagree. <laughs> Josh is a funny guy. Hey, Josh. Um, I very much enjoyed the podcast and hope you're both enjoying the Georgian summer heat. We are not, in and, fact, Josh, at all. <laughs> yeah, that was from Josh. It's nasty here. Who's a PhD candidate at the Department of Natural Resource Science at the University of Rhode Island. Thanks, Josh, and uh, good luck to you on your uh, doctoral candidacy. Uh, also, we got a bunch of emails, Chuck, from people who wanted to know how they could be diagnosed or not diagnosed with toxoplasmosis. And um, from what I understand, it's just a simple blood test to yeah. check for antibodies that, that develop to ward off the toxoplasmatic cysts. Right, at your local CVS under the toxoplasmosis aisle. Right. Not true. Or at Jimmy's uh, bait shop and blood test galore. Right. <laughs> he serves up live bait, toxoplasmosis tests, and espresso. Have you seen that place uh, indicator that's that uh, it says live bait, pets, taxes? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. They sell live bait and do taxes. Right. It's, it's pretty cool. And make you an espresso. Sure. If you want to talk to Chuck and I about any possible developmental diseases that you're in danger of having... Uh, as a fetus, you can send us an email to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Want more HowStuffWorks? Check out our blogs on the howstuffworks.com homepage. Because you listen to this podcast, you're probably a forward thinker interested in topics like green technology 
community, renewable resources, and the future of the world as we know it. Are we right? If so, go to HowStuffWorks.com and search Forward Thinking to find out more. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?